Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, this is Kong Song with Believe in SDSU basketball here on the Believe Podcast Network place with a show for every team in San Diego and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? This episode is part two of the 2009-2010 Women's Basketball Revisit podcast uh, series. Just I'm just adding a bunch of words there. Uh, we're going to follow up with the remainder of the regular season and just sort of what came up after the Paradise Jam. So, without further ado, here we go. As always, if you enjoyed the show, please feel free to drop a rating on iTunes. If you have any questions, you can reach out to us at Believe Sports and at underscore Kongsan San. Uh, we'd be more than happy to talk hoops on either platform. So, where we last left off on the previous episode was talking about how the team was going to respond following a three-loss Paradise Jam tournament. It wasn't the prettiest of games. It wasn't a great offensive performance. It wasn't a very team game. It, it, it just kind of felt a little bit more like the 2013 Thunder where it's just sort of like your turn and then my turn and your turn and my turn as opposed to a cohesive unit and there was certain questions and it wasn't necessarily questioning whether or not they would it was just sort of how they were going to respond to this three game losing streak there were some moral victories that you can take there were some notes that you can say well at least you know they made efforts in these uh you know, different aspects of the game. But at the end of the day, three losses is three losses. Three games in a row is seeing three games in a row. Having games where you shoot two for 16 from three is not, there's no way to try to make that a good thing. It was, it was, a how do I put this? It was a tense time especially the first few practices back. Um, I've noticed that the coach, Beth Burns, was really being a little bit more uh, short and succinct with her instructions. And I think what she was trying to do with the girls was uh, not necessarily establish an order, but try to get everybody's focuses back on the same page. For whatever reason, through whatever was going on, there may have been some um, misunderstandings. And, and us as the practice players were unaware of all of it, you know, but you just kind of get the sense of energy in the air at the time that something just wasn't right. Obviously, I mean, with losing three games, but 
it was it wasn't because of their skill you know it's one thing if everybody believed in each other you fought hard you did what you could shots just weren't falling that night and you lose versus you have the talent top to bottom every position you have the depth you have the ability you have the coaching you have everything and to get blown out to me at least personally speaking insinuates that there was something going on um outside of the court so the practice including the practice players practice wasn't the most fun uh the first few times after the paradise jam but the thing that made coach beth burns so great for this team was she knew exactly what to say and how to say it and the players to their credit they all bought in immediately they all knew exactly what was at stake they knew that everyone had um, an opportunity here to present their skills and then cohesively they can be one of the most talented teams in the country i remember many times during practices where um, one of the girls in the post maybe shot a nice fadeaway or one of the guards had a nice crossover to the lane with a floater and she would blow the whistle and the point of emphasis at the time was listen we all know what we can do individually we all know that we can score in these many ways we all know how we can defend and rebound but we have to do these things as a team so if there's any indication that the way you're getting you know you the way you're playing your game is outside of the construct of what we can do as a team no matter what the result is it's going to be considered a negative and coach was really great about emphasizing that you know i i remember a few plays where she would just blow the whistle and say hey great shot but let's run the offense how about we try running the offense and just kind of doing it over and over and over and you know in the long run that really paid off because their intensity to focus especially in late game situations or maybe if there's a mismatch that we are trying to expose everybody knew the offense forward and back and multiple positions and where people needed to be and it was in a way the girls were able to kind of coach themselves throughout the prop throughout the game i can't talk for whatever reason um you know whether it's a situation that they saw in a previous possession you can see these girls constantly communicating especially in timeouts and just kind of sharing what they're seeing with the girl with the other girls on the team and coming up with strategies and things like that and all that magic that we saw towards the end of this season was to me a a result of all the hard work that the girls put in just at this point in the in the season six games in three and three embarrassing losses they kept grinding they kept fighting back and it was it wasn't fun at the time but i know that that was very important for the journey of this team and it ended up working out i mean they went 18 and 7 for the rest of the way playing great defense grabbing boards and just running the plays i mean uh coach would essentially discuss and share sort of their strategy of what they wanted to do how they wanted to set up opportunities to score and what the counter was going to be because she knew that the defense 
on the other team was going to react a certain way. And we were practicing, you know, five, ten chess moves ahead to be ready for the game. And you saw it. I mean, this included this 18 and 7 run included, <coughs> excuse me, this 18 and 7 run included wins against Wake Forest, Auburn. They went to New Mexico at the pit and won, which is a notoriously tough place to play. They beat number 23-ranked TCU at home. They had winning streaks of six games and of seven games. So there still were minor dips in play during this stretch run, but you can tell that this energy was um, intensifying, but it was also unifying. And each girl knew exactly what their role was, and they all bought in. And it was incredible to see. Um, there were definitely moments where they would sometimes ask us to, you know, either stay or help rebound or just play a quick pickup to get their cardio, you know, after practice and just sort of do some conditioning drills. Anything and everything they can do to gain an edge that week, they did it. And it was such an enjoyable part for me to get to see what's behind the curtain, what needs to take place in order for you know college athletes to perform at the highest level and this really helped shape my thoughts and opinions about college athletics and how difficult it actually is especially in the world of basketball you know you're practicing for three hours a day and it's either you know in the morning or in the afternoon and then the, the following semester you switch you're following that with film study. You're following that with travel. On top of all that, you take classes either before or after practice. You have to show up to study sessions. You have to get all the work done on time. Then if you have to do anything or travel anywhere, you have to coordinate that with your professors and try to make up work. And sometimes that results in a couple of weeks before a travel week. Um, being busier since you're going to miss out on work or once you come back it gets busier like there's so many elements outside of just playing whatever sport that they're in that they have to be wary of and that doesn't even include all the crazy rules that the NCAA has about when you can practice in the offseason who you can see who you can talk to what's considered you know not a good gift or a bad gift or whatever it's there's so many things um you know press conferences questions from the media before and after uh meet and greets with uh boosters there's all these things going on and that was it was a lot and in my mind this is coming from um you know a, a percentage of the college sports world that isn't as great as other sports can be in in women's basketball but the work that you have to put in doesn't go away you know and the fact that it these girls had to do all that and still compete at the highest level is to me something i will n never forget and it was an incredible run this regular season i mean there were a lot of times you know the practice guys and i would get together watch the games you know, try to text the girls um, afterwards, like congratulations, or you know, trying to lighten up the mood. Sometimes um, it was just a lot of fun, 
this particular season, I have never been <laughs> embarrassed on a court so many times as these girls did to me. Um, whether it's just trying to get a defensive stop, a rebound, or whatever, these girls were there. They were focused, and they were not taking it easy at any point, and they demanded that we not take it easy on them either. And that resulted in, you know, scratches and marks on my arm. That sort of happens when you're playing contact and physical sports. I mean, bloody noses, getting elbowed in the face is just all part of getting better. And I loved every second of it. Um, so with all that being said, you have this Aztec team that was sitting in third in Mountain West Confer- in the Mountain West Conference, tied for third with Utah. The Mountain West Conference tournament is coming up in Las Vegas. There's two teams ahead of you that have been tough all year long. TCU was sitting first with a 12 and 4 conference record, nationally ranked. BYU 11 and 5. Um, TCU had two all-conference first-team selections. What were you going to do? In order for the season to continue, the only way we can go to the conference or the NCAA tournament was to win the conference. And we would have to do that as a three seed to try and win at in Vegas. It was at the you know, I think I'll tell the story in the next episode, but it was one of the the coolest, spont most spontaneous road trips that uh, I have ever been on and it was so memorable and so fun um, there is a side story that I would like to tell that I guess this being about 10 years later I think I won't be in trouble anymore uh, just to say it or it won't be bad if I say it now so I was watching one of the games one of the home games I forgot who they were playing it might have been TCU or BYU and during halftime one of the event staff at was it Vias Arena back then came in and asked if I wanted to participate in the halftime show or the halftime contest and I said sure what is it and the premise of it was I was going to be blindfolded spun around a few times and there's a, a marker that they're going to drop at some random spot on the floor and I would use the audience participation of 30 seconds to get to that spot to kind of be guided by audience applause. And if I landed on the spot, I would win haircuts for free or free haircuts for an entire year. So in my mind, I'm doing the math real quick. And I'm like, man, if I get that, that means, you know, I can get a haircut every two to three weeks. I'm just going to pamper myself. I'm in. So I go down and <laughs> they put the blindfold on. And... You know, my eyes are closed at the time, but I open it. And I'm like, okay, um, I don't, you know, I obviously don't have to close my, keep my eyes closed because it's a blindfold. So I open my eyes and I could see everything. It just was like, a, what it looked like was just sort of stocking. Like if you put your face in a stocking, you can still see through obviously everything to on the other, what's on the other side. So I looked around and I said, uh, should I should I tell them that I I can see? 
And before I can even like process what's going on, the lady that was with me was like, are you ready? Can you see? And mind you, I was, you know, 20 years old. Okay. But I said, no. And they said, go. They spun me around. And now here I am. I, I know exactly where the spot is, but now I can't look at it directly because I have a blindfold on. And I want people to think that I'm blindfolded and I can't walk straight towards it because that is also an obvious giveaway. So I walk towards it a little bit. I hear a lot of noise and I'm in my mind. I go, Oh shit. Like I can't, I can't just go straight to it. So I stop and I purposely go, you know, a random direction and they say no. And I go, you know, I'm, I'm kind of pointing, I'm playing with the crowd they cheer and, and I kind of count down the time. And when they, I get there in about 20 seconds, get the blindfold. They're like, wow, that was really good. You were fast. And I was like, yeah, I got lucky. And they gave me a gift card. And I was like, great. I'm going to get this gift card. It was a gift card to Supercuts. I'm going to go there. I'm going to get a haircut every two weeks. Mind you, my hairstyle at the time is just a buzz cut, a one all around. Something I could have easily done at home that I chose not to do because I'm a 20-year-old college kid who is very lazy and just would rather not do it. And I thought that this was the perfect solution to that problem. So I go to Supercuts. I get a haircut. Um, I pay for it with a gift card. Great. Next month, I go again, pay for the gift card with a gift card, and I have a balance due. And I said, wait, what? And she's like, yeah, this gift card has, um, I think it was like $52 in it or something like that. And basically what it was, was it wasn't free haircuts, like unlimited haircuts for a year. It was Supercuts or or the events team calculating what it, the average cost of haircuts would be for somebody for a year, which ended up being two for some reason. And they just loaded two haircuts uh, amount, or what am I trying to say? They, they loaded an amount enough for two haircuts onto this gift card and gave it to me and presented it like it was a like a free um haircut for a year kind of thing which you know at the, at, you know looking back i realized that that probably um is what i get for just pretending to not be able to see through this see through blind fold but um i also at the time felt kind of personally triggered by it but that's my that's one that's a story i have during the season that um I had told some of the players and the girls and we had a big laugh, but I guess this is the first time I'm kind of saying it in a public space. So um, that's the kind of season I guess we had. It was a, a fun, collaborative, unique, weird experience that, that sort of just is something that you won't forget. And I, I know I've said that so many times before, so I'm going to just stop right there. Um, in the next episode, we'll dig into what happens in the Mountain West Conference and NCAA tournaments, um, a story about literally going to Vegas on a day's whim and what happened, you know, while we were there. So if you liked the episode, please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. We are available wherever podcasts can be found. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Sports. I'm your host, Kongsan. I'm at underscore Kongsan on Instagram and Twitter. 
And if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact us at believe.com. So, um, hope everybody's being safe and uh, hope everybody's doing well. This time is definitely a, a time where we need each other more than ever, despite the fact that we can't physically be next to one another. So, um, please stay in touch with your close friends and family. And um, yeah, till next time, go Aztecs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.